0: Faith is taking the first step, even though you cannot see the whole staircase. Martin Luther King once said that, and tonight we're going to be talking about faith. Tonight we're going to be talking about faith that we can find in the life of Joseph. Tonight our lesson is entitled, Joseph, a Life Full of Faith. I hope each of us tonight can truly zoom in and focus in on what Joseph's life has to teach us from the Holy Word. Before we start and before we dive into our lesson tonight, I would like to point out that it's pretty cool to look out and see all these different teams and different uh, groups of sports individuals that you like to root for. Uh, I I will say this, it is very good to not see orange On Brother Billy Smith tonight, but instead he's repping the uh, Indianapolis Colts. It makes it a whole lot more pleasant from up up here, and if you are wearing orange, I hope I didn't ruin uh, your attention tonight, but uh, it's really good to have everyone here tonight. This is a great audience. Uh, If you'll just look around, I've I've rarely ever seen this place more full, and uh, that is a good thing. But tonight we're going to be talking about Joseph, as I said, and he was one of the most faithful men in the entire Bible. He is listed as one of the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 22. Every single action that Joseph took in Genesis chapter 37 through Genesis chapter 50 was with faith. We all know what faith is. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, we are told that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of faith. Of things not seen. Meaning you believe in something that you may not really be able to physically touch or even see. Down in verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible tells us without faith it is impossible to please Him. In John chapter 8 and verse 24, Jesus says, "...unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins." And as I quoted on the way up here, Martin Luther King, he told us that faith is taking the first step, even when you can't see the whole staircase. But what about Joseph's faith? Tonight we're tasked with looking at 13 chapters of the Bible and summarizing Joseph's life and how he was full of faith. So if you'll go ahead and turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. This is where Joseph's life begins, or his account begins in the Bible. Genesis chapter 37. In Genesis chapter 37, we read of the account of Joseph, the 11th son of Jacob. In verse 2, we can find that Joseph was only 17 years old when he was sold into slavery by his very own brothers. I think one thing that we need to point out about these dreams that follow in chapter 37 is that these dreams were revelations from God. From the very beginning of Joseph's life, at the age of 17, God was giving him divine revelation of future events. God had chosen Joseph out of all the other sons of Jacob. God chose Joseph... And maybe that fueled some of the hatred that his brothers had for him. Jacob had chosen Joseph as his favorite son, the Bible tells us. But not only that, God had chosen Joseph over all the other 11. That caused Joseph's brothers to absolutely hate him. To absolutely hate everything that he was, everything that he said, and everything that he did. You know, Joseph was not the only one who was hated by his brothers. In John chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, we can find that even Jesus' brothers hated him. Even Jesus' brothers hated him and did not believe in him. And can you imagine just for a moment being the half-brother... Of the Son of God? The Creator of all things, the the Son of Man? That must have been very hard for Jesus' brothers, and it was very hard for, for Joseph's brothers as well. One thing that's interesting to me when looking through these chapters of Genesis in preparation for this lesson was the fact and this is something that had never pointed out to me before, but I found it when studying for this, was that Joseph's brothers sold Joseph to the descendants of Ishmael. What does this mean? Joseph's brothers, in Genesis chapter 37 and 28, we can find that they sold him to the Ishmaelites. Ishmael, as we know, was the son of Abraham and his concubine Hagar. Ishmael was not the son of promise through Abraham. And his descendants were not God's chosen people. And here we have a great-grandson of promise in Joseph, leading back through, through Isaac, through Jacob, all the way back to Abraham, being sold to the descendants of Ishmael, who were not the sons of promise. Who Paul describes in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 23 as sons of the flesh. In a way, we can see that Joseph's title as a son of promise was being stripped from him by his very own brothers. And that he was going to become a slave to the Ishmaelites, the sons of the flesh. The Ishmaelites then are going to sell Joseph to the officer of Pharaoh whose name was Potiphar in Genesis chapter 39 and verse 1. Judah was the brother who had the idea that they should sell Joseph to the Ishmaelites. And if you read Genesis chapter 38, you can read a little bit more about Judah and what he had to go through, maybe because of this decision alone. I'll let you read that on your own time. He really had to pay the price in that chapter. But that leads us to where we're really going to dive into the text tonight in Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. If you'll start reading with me in verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he made him an overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. The first thing we need to point out about this passage is we need to realize that When we read this text, and when we look at the life of Joseph, and we look at our life today, we can find that Joseph was not alone. Joseph was not alone. We are not alone when we are going through things. The Bible tells us here that Joseph was not alone. His brothers had sold him to the Ishmaelites. He had been. He had become a slave. He had been taking everything away from him that was his. And just think of the tremendous betrayal that Joseph must have felt. The persecution, the betrayal, the tribulation. Think about how alone he probably felt. Hated by his own brothers, sold into slavery, given to these pagan ridden Egyptians. But the Bible tells us that he was not alone. Jehovah God was with him from the very moment he was put in the pit by his brothers to the time he was with Potiphar. God was with him. Many times we have trouble seeing the providential hand of God in our lives. The providential influence that God has within our lives. It is hard to understand why certain things are happening to us. Sometimes it seems impossible to feel the presence of the Lord in our lives. Does that mean that He is not there? Does that mean that He does not care? Of course not. God was there for Joseph, and He is there for us as long as we are His. Notice that God made everything that Joseph did prosper. In verse 3, Potiphar noticed that Joseph was different. Joseph's faith was evident. That's our first point tonight. Joseph's faith was evident. Potiphar realized that everything Joseph did, no matter what it was, it was a success. Even Potiphar realized that Joseph was different. He was different. He was peculiar. He was completely different than everyone else who served him, everyone else that he ran into. He was different than all of the other slaves. He was trustworthy. He was diligent. He was honest. Joseph's faith is what made him different, different than all the rest. So the question is tonight, does your faith separate you from all the rest? Does your faith do this in your life? Does your faith separate you from everyone who you are around at school? Does your faith separate you from everyone who you are around at work or in your everyday life? Joseph soon became the greatest asset that Potiphar had. Everything that Joseph did prospered. And therefore, Potiphar prospered. Potiphar prospered in field and in work and in all of his life due to Joseph. The Bible says on Joseph's behalf. Due to Jehovah being with with Joseph, everything he did, everything that he was in charge of, it prospered. And even after all of the things that he went through, his faith was not dampened. His faith was not quenched. That is an important thing to point out when we talk about Joseph. When the trials came, when the world was against him, when his own brothers had made him a slave, when all was lost, Joseph did not lose his faith. And he did not lose his sight in God. What an example of faith. ...that we can find in Joseph. Everything Potiphar owned was at Joseph's disposal. Potiphar gave him everything and did not hold anything back from him. Joseph's faith in God to supply his needs and to take care of him... ...was what made Joseph so much of a success. And times were really good for Joseph... But the next point we need to point out tonight is when times are good, watch out. When times are good in our lives, we need to watch out. Isn't this the truth? When times are good, when oftentimes we are having good times, we forget who supplies that good time. We forget who supplies that goodness. We have to be mindful of who holds our future in his hands. Joseph does just that in verses 7 through 20. Joseph is faithful to God when the temptation comes. According to verse 6, Joseph was a very handsome man in form and in appearance. And he was tested. We can read in the Bible that Potiphar's wife had conspired day after day to lure Joseph into sin. Potiphar trusted Joseph, as we have talked about, with every single thing that he had. And when times are good, watch out. Joseph had already been tempted with the lust of the eyes. Joseph could have taken any material blessing of Potiphar's, But his faith in God kept that in check. So he'd already been tested with the lust of the eyes. So Satan failed in that attempt to tempt him with the lust of the eyes. And now he is is shifting into the lust of the flesh. Satan is shifting his tactics towards Joseph. And now Joseph is being tempted with the lust of the flesh. In verse 7, Potiphar's wife asked Joseph to lie with her. The very only thing that was not Joseph's in all of Potiphar's possessions was his wife. And Satan gave him the chance to take it if he wanted it. When the temptation came, Joseph's eyes were fixed on God. Let's read verses 7 through 10 of chapter 39. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph... And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has into my hand. There is none greater in his house than I, nor has he kept anything back from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as he spoke, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her, Or to be with her. Day after day, Potiphar's wife seduced him. Day after day, Joseph's faith triumphed. Just when it seems that Joseph has attained the victory over Satan in this, having conquered over the lust of the eyes, having conquered over the lust of the flesh, Satan takes every single thing that Joseph had acquired. Potiphar's wife had torn off a part of Joseph's garment and she lied to Potiphar telling him that Joseph had taken advantage of her. And Joseph's faith in God and will to do what was right led him to prison. All the while, Joseph's faith was intact Joseph decided to become a slave for God instead of a slave for Satan. And God took care of him. Let's read verses 20 through 23. 20 through 23. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. And showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Joseph's life had to be one of the biggest roller coasters that we can read about in Scripture. Up and down is his life. Here we have a son of promise, taken and placed into a pit, turned into a slave. He becomes the overseer of one of the Pharaoh's officers, Potiphar. Overseer of everything that he owns. And then he's stripped of that and thrown into a dungeon. As we know, his life turns around, but it would take a while. But through all the ups and downs, Joseph's faith was unwavering. Joseph's faith kept it intact, but the Lord was with him. Why? Why was the Lord with him? Because it's in his sincere and adamant faith. Throughout Joseph's life, we can read this phrase in the accounts of Genesis. In the chapters of Genesis, we can read this phrase, The Lord was with him six times. Six times throughout this account, we can read that the Bible tells about Joseph that the Lord was with him. And it's not just Joseph. It's not just Joseph. It's every single follower of God who has ever lived. God is with us. God was with Joseph. God is with us. God will be with everyone who ever calls on his name. He who confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. He is with us. Do we believe that? The next point we need to point out tonight is that we need to have a faith in God even when we are in the pit. Joseph was once again in a pit. He was in a dungeon. Not once do we read of Joseph's life becoming weakened. Not once do we read of Joseph complaining about his situation. Not once do we find Joseph questioning God in the entire text of Genesis chapter 37 through Genesis chapter 50, Joseph had two options. Joseph had two options and that was it for him. Faith or despair. Joseph could have faith or he could have despair. And that was it. So Joseph chose faith. Joseph trusted in God when he was in the pit. And brethren, we can learn from this great example of faith here tonight that we have to trust God when we too are in the pit. Joseph trusted God. Joseph had a faith in God. What would we have? We've established earlier that faith is believing in something that you necessarily can't physically touch or see. And Joseph had a faith that he could not physically touch or see how God was going to make this all right, how God was going to rectify, justify, and make things okay. But he trusted in God's plan for his life. He trusted in God even through all of this. He had a faith in the future. He had a faith in the providential hand of his God. Each of us have things going on in our own lives that are saddening, depressing. Oftentimes, stuff puts us in the pit of despair. And if you don't have those things, just wait. You see, because this life, this life is horrible. This life is terrible. This life was not intended to be this way. That's what makes heaven, that's what makes our future eternal life so great. God didn't make earth that way. He made it perfect. Everything that he made was good. And indeed, it was very good, the Bible tells us. But we have to have a faith even when we are placed in the pit. We need to trust God and fix our eyes on Jesus. That's how we have a faith even when we're in the pit. We look to Jesus. So many times we neglect to realize that God is with us. Too many times we forget that God is still active in our lives. Sometimes we think that God isn't listening to us when we pray, that God isn't here when we are worshiping, that God isn't with us day in and day out. Why do we think that? Why have we let our faith, why have we let our belief, our religion, turn into something that it's just this man in the sky, you know, it's like Santa Claus? God is real. Jehovah God is not fake. And He promises us time after time after time, dozens, hundreds of times in Scripture, that He is with us, yet we, time and time again, neglect to realize that. We refuse to believe that. We refuse to truly own that. There's no way that we can make it in the pit unless we do believe that God is with us. As the song says, I serve a risen Savior. He is in the world today. I know that He is with me, whatever men may say. Brethren, God is with us through the ups and the downs in our lives. He's always by our side. And let's not forget that ever. But at this point in Joseph's life... He cannot see the rest of the staircase. As Martin Luther King said, faith is taking the first step even when you cannot see the rest of the staircase. Well, Joseph, in this point in his life, cannot even see the staircase. But his faith in God pulled him through. If you look at chapter 40 with me, here we can find Joseph once again becomes acquainted with dreams. We can find a butler and a baker. We've all heard this story. This butler and baker of Pharaoh, they were thrown into the prison and each of them had dreams. Joseph gives credit to God in verse 8 and then he interprets their dream. And God can work in some of the most unlikely places. Here we have God working out his providential plan in a dungeon. Brethren, God can be working where we least expect it. God can be working through a tragedy. God can be working through a persecution. God can be working through death. God works when we least expect it. Joseph, he receives a glimmer of hope. Because the butler returns to the Pharaoh because they had made a deal in verse 14 that the butler would try to get Joseph out of prison. And we find a sad fate in verse 23 actually when the chief butler had forgotten Joseph. And for two years, Joseph was in that pit. Joseph was in that dungeon alone. No hope. But again, the Lord... Was with him. What kept Joseph's faith intact? What kept him faithful to God in the midst of eleven and a half years of slavery and imprisonment? I don't know. And I cannot say for sure because the scriptures do not reveal this to us. But perhaps, perhaps he thought about all the stories that his father had told him. Maybe he thought about how his great-grandfather Abraham had to wait 100 years until his son Isaac was born. Maybe he thought about how his grandfather Isaac had to wait 40 years to meet his wife Rebecca and then another 20 years before she gave birth to his father Jacob and his uncle Esau. Or maybe he thought about how his own father had to work 14 years to marry his mother Rachel. We don't know what he thought of in this time, in this prison, in this dungeon. But perhaps these thoughts would comfort him and reassure him that the same way God was with his ancestors, maybe he knew that God would be with him if he just had patience. I wonder maybe he thought of those crazy dreams he had. Maybe he thought about those crazy dreams that he had when he was 17 and, and surely how impossible it was for them to be fulfilled while he was sitting there in a dungeon. Maybe he thought to himself, my brothers were right. I was just a dreamer. And maybe my dreams didn't come from God. Maybe these dreams weren't even from anyone. If those dreams were from God, I definitely would not be rotting in a dungeon. We don't know what he think, what what he thought. We don't know what he did. But we do know that God was working. God is not governed by clocks. He's not governed by our time frames. And many times we wonder, and maybe even Joseph wondered, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? I have followed you. I have believed in you. I have trusted in you. I've put my whole life towards you. And here I am deserted in a dungeon. For two whole years, he was in prison after the butler had returned to the Pharaoh. But God was with him. The Pharaoh had a dream and no one could interpret it. Later on in the text, the butler's memory was jogged about Joseph. He was sent to interpret it. And after two years of unjust punishment in prison, Joseph's eyes are still fixed on God. Let's read chapter 41, verses 15 through 16. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and there is none who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Joseph's faith, his eyes are still fixed on God. Joseph still gives credit to God for the interpretation. He never once puts himself above the power of God. He always exalts God above his own abilities. And that's what we're going to be talking about our last point. We have to have a faith in God even when we are on top of the world. The Pharaoh chose Joseph to be in charge of everything he had. The same way Potiphar did, the same way the person in the dungeon did. Pharaoh, the most powerful man in all of the world, chose Joseph to be in charge, second in command. God was with Joseph and God blessed Joseph. Pharaoh made Joseph second to only on himself. Joseph's destiny was leading him to this moment. All that he had been through led to this time and God had chosen Joseph to save thousands upon thousands of people. From famine. Joseph, as we know, he became ruler of all Egypt. Joseph's faith had taken him through all the mountaintops and all the valleys that he had gone through. Joseph was on top of the world. Brethren, when you are on top of the world, have a faith in God. Later on, we can find that these brothers, these brothers that had put him through so much pain and agony and torture, they came to get food. And Joseph is once again tested by Satan. He had already been tested with the lust of the eyes. He had already been tested with the lust of the flesh. And now he is being tested with the pride of life. Joseph could have thrown his brothers in the same prison that he had rotted in for two years. Joseph could have had them killed. Joseph could have done absolutely anything to these guys. Their lives were in his hand. Because Joseph had finally become on top of the world. But instead of punishing them, instead of getting even with them, instead of executing them, Joseph's faith allowed him to look at his brothers in the eye and make this statement. Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. In Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 through 20. That's how he responds. That's how he responds to his brothers. How would we have responded? What would I have done? Thirteen years between Joseph's dreams in Genesis chapter 17 to the time he was made ruler of all Egypt. All of the pain and suffering he was put through Was because of them. What would you have done? What would I have done? I hope and pray I would have done what Joseph did. But time and time again my life. The actions I take. The vengeance that I take. Tell me otherwise. I don't know about you. Do you hold grudges? That's something I only deal with. You have a hard time forgiving people? We all do. But Joseph's faith allowed him to know that that vengeance is God's and not his. Joseph's faith allowed him to finally realize the full plan that God had had for his life. 20 plus years from the time he saw his brothers to that moment. And his faith was maintained. This is what separates Joseph from the majority of us. His life was filled with faith. Joseph's faith saved him from the lust of the flesh, from the lust of the eyes, and from the pride of life. And we can learn from this great example of faith how we too can avoid those pressures, those temptations, those trials, those tribulations. Faith. We sang the song, faith is the victory. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Do we have that kind of faith? By the end of Joseph's account, we can find that Joseph had become in charge of all of Potiphar's house. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 4. We can find that he was put in charge of all the prison. Genesis chapter 39, 22 through 23. We can find that he was put in charge of all of Egypt. Genesis chapter 41 and verse 40. And we can find that he had given his family refuge to live in Goshen, thus making him the most important in all of his house. In Genesis chapter 47 and verse 27. This is what happens. This is what happens when our faith is in God. This is what happens when we trust and have the type of faith that joseph did god will bless us beyond what we would ever imagine do you believe that do you believe that no matter what satan did to bring joseph down god used it to bring joseph up and he will do that for you tonight In conclusion, Joseph's life was full of faith. Each step that he took was in faith for God to supply. From the age of 17, having dreams and revelations from God, to the age of 30, standing before Pharaoh, Joseph was a man of faith. Is our life full of faith? If we were in Joseph's shoes, what would we have done? If someone was to describe our portrait, if we were to have a portrait, would they say that it was colored with faith? Or would they say it was colored with fear? Joseph truly walked by faith and not by sight. The question is, do we? What great lessons we can learn from one of the greatest biblical characters, Joseph. His life was truly full of faith. Is yours tonight. You freshmen that have been here for for a week or so, I guess two weeks, your life is about to be impacted. I can remember when I was your age, when I was a freshman, to those of you who are here, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a few laughs. Your life is about to change. I hope you can use this congregation, I hope you can use this church family to help you change to help you grow because this church family has surely helped me grow it's been a great ride, I've really enjoyed being at this congregation for four years and uh, I really do encourage everyone to take part in this ministry we're trying to do here But right now, we have a decision to make. We have a decision to make. We have an invitation from God. We have an invitation from Jesus. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my burden is easy. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's the Lord's invitation for us tonight. It's not my invitation. It's not the elder's invitation. It's not Brother Billy's invitation. It's the Lord's invitation. Will you answer it? As together we stand and sing for your encouragement.